The following podcast is brought to you by cdkoffers.com. Use offer code broken silicon for 25% off Windows codes and die shrink for 3% off all other codes. Links in the description and I will say more later, but for now, let's get to the show. Welcome to Broken Silicon, a computer, hardware, and gaming podcast. I'm your host, Tom. As always, I'll let my guest introduce himself. Hello, I'm Paul from Not an Apple Fan. Nice to see you all again. Yeah, I mean, anyone who listened to Broken Silicon religiously last year definitely recognizes your voice. It's It's been a whole pandemic since I've talked to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, a whole pandemic. Uh, I built a swing yesterday. There you okay. Go. That's what I've been doing during lockdown. Built a swing for my daughter. Uh, yeah, but other than that, pretty much nothing. Just YouTube and doing nothing really. You've been doing really well. You've been growing really fast. Um, I mean, yeah, I've been busy, <laughs> really, really busy. Yeah, the Ampere video was obviously, I think, you know, one of a series of videos really was really the thing that started starting another one of those massive growth spurts. And that one was actually funny to me. I mean, I get why, because in many ways, it was kind of one of the first more comprehensive looks at Ampere. But it was a very, very funny to me. Like when I look back, I still think my Whispers of Golden Cove video from last October was significantly more comprehensive, ironclad, and well researched. I mean, if you go back and look, everything that's come out about Ice Lake, Tiger Lake so far, and, and even rumors about updated rumors, which, you know, they're not true yet, of course, about Alder Lake has come true as well. So I, and, and and I guess on that note, I think I've, I'm starting another series of Intel leaks where it's like, I don't know. It's just funny to think of myself, what I'm getting to is the Ampere guy when I, I really think my Intel information is probably the most accurate. Yeah, but you see, that's probably the most accurate and that's true. And your Intel videos were probably more comprehensive and better for somebody who's interested in Intel. But the mm-hmm. problem is that a lot of people are interested in what the next GPU is going to be because... AMD have CPU on lockdown now, and nobody really cares about it. Everybody has got a decent CPU now, so that's the reality. Like, when would we think that we'd pay a hundred and I bought a for a hundred and fifty five pounds? I bought a thirty six hundred the other day for my editor. Mm-hmm. My editor, like that's crazy. It, no, it's absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah. So why would people get excited about new CPU stuff when you've or, when the CPU stuff is already so good now? You know what I mean. But the GPU stuff is what's really letting us down. Well, and I guess there's actually two ways I could go with that conversation, but I guess I'll just start here because I I think I I saw it pop up literally like 10 minutes ago that there's a rumor coming out that AMD is deciding to delay desktop versions of Zen 3 until right before Rocket Lake's launch because they don't see a point. Like they might launch it, like they've already, I think, in an investor meeting or, or confirmed that Milan is coming out at the end of this year for server, but it sounds like uh, they just don't care about desktop because, and they literally, I, in this leak, it says that they're talking how they just do not see Intel as competitive right now. It's, there's no point of Zen 2 is selling. Yeah, well, I, like, I think it was the retired engineer translated it from Digitimes. Yes. Digitimes usually bang on with this stuff, so 
uh, it's kind of hard not to see this being the case, but there are some inconsistencies in that. And AMD have said RDA2 and Zen 3 products will launch this year. So that could mean that could mean that they're yeah. going to launch Milan. It could mean desktop CPU. But it was kind of said in terms of because RDA2 is only for desktop, realistically. RDA2 is only a desktop. Well, you know, lab desktop and lab consumer product, should I say. Whereas, you know, Milan is not a consumer product. So it's like AMD are saying one thing, they're saying another thing, um, but they tend to be very accurate. And if I, I can't see a reason why they would launch it right now, if they're selling <laughs> every CPU that they can make and they're only launching B550 now and they know that that's going to sell out and that gives the that gives the motherboard manufacturers another whole swath of stuff to sell mm-hmm. like they're the ones that would really be pushing for a new launch they'd be like you need to give us new stuff you need to give us new stuff but they've got new stuff now so i, I just can't see them wanting to launch it other than to keep their foot on intel's throat and i think they should i think it's a mistake intel's massive intel has a lot of money Kill them while you can kill them, I think. You know what I mean? Well, I want everything to come out as soon as possible and be as powerful as possible. But I, I think there's a... Well, I guess I'd say a few things. Number one, and again, I haven't really looked into this, so this just popped up before we started recording. But the, the way I see DigiTimes is it's kind of like if they're talking about it, there's fire to that smoke always. They don't make stuff up. And if they run with something... There's something going on, but just because, for instance, and again, I again, I haven't dug into it. Something pops up from Digi Times that's being considered or talked about. It does not mean it's going to happen, right? That's the one thing I would say. And one thing that was in that report as well is that Zen Three is entirely on track. I mean, it was design completed last year, so mm-hmm. I think if they were, if I think if this was like 2017 and they were under a ton of pressure, they could get this out you know, this summer. Mm -hmm. They really, really, probably with a ton of BIOS issues, if I had to guess, but they could do it (laughs) if they needed to. And so I just wouldn't, you know, remember Digitimes just said Zen 3 is coming on 5 nanometer, and then almost immediately a counter report came out saying it's not. Although, could they mate, were they considering putting it on 5 nanometer? Probably somewhere in the company, but doesn't mean it was some, you know, global set-in-stone decision. Also, like... If you look at that five nanometer leak, it could have meant they were considering putting Milan on five nanometer as well. Right. You don't know. Well, and and uh, Frontier has yeah. a custom version of Milan. That's that's legitimately yeah. what I think that was about, that and APOs. Yeah, and the fact that Digitime sources are TSMC, engineers uh, inside TSMC, they're not inside of AMD. That could mean that AMD could be having conversations with people, mm-hmm. but nothing gets confirmed, and then you're hearing this, and then you're hearing conflicting stuff. So they're two separate companies, but they have a really close working relationship. It means they might know each other's roadmaps. I don't know, but yeah, I wouldn't. I I still don't believe it. I still think AMD should do it this year, and because I'm a oh, YouTuber, yeah. I want it to be true because <laughs> that gives me stuff to talk about. Well, yeah, because we've had such a so few things to talk about lately, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. just been, which is why I invited you on. I mean, you know, a lot of experts and like I had an AI developer on recently. I have someone who works on quantum computing who wants to come on soon. I have several developers I'm trying to get on and a couple of new, well, new to the broken silicon YouTube channels as well. But at this point, I don't, I just don't really want to talk about <laughs> new well-researched stuff this week because I'm still, I think I'm still coming to terms with 
everything that's came out just in the past weekend. And and that's why, yeah, I'm inviting you on to just talk about it again. Because I still don't think everyone's fully comprehending everything that's going on. I mean, I just received a... Uh, again, I, the way I would put it is compared to my Whispers of Golden Cove information from last year, the Intel info I have now is twice as thick and triple the sources. So mm-hmm. including the sources from last year. So it's to a point where it's like, I mean, I it's just this, this is true what I'm telling you. Like, and when you look at Rocket Lake, which I will steer into that quickly, I think a lot of people, no matter how many times I said it in the video, are still saying, wow, Rocket Lake's going to crush Zen 3. And I'm like, I, I said this to a guy in the comments. I just don't know how you can draw that conclusion from this video, if you believe what I'm saying. Yeah, I think, I think what Intel will do is maybe keep their competitive edge in terms of single core performance. Yeah, there will be some games they probably win still. Yeah, yeah, that's maybe. But where AMD will still be king is they will have a gigantic core count lead. Still, and that's the reality. In Intel will not catch up on the lead that AMD have in terms of chips, mm-hmm. in terms of cores, until they go with chiplets. And I don't even see that on their roadmap to go with chiplets. So next year, Long time away. <laughs> next year, <All> right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I heard, I heard something like that as well myself. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's not exactly the same way AMD is implemented. No, 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 and and intentionally not. I mean, I'll say that too from talking to one person he even said like well yeah I, I can't get into details about where it came from but like basically this is a decision that intel wants ring bus still and smaller core counts that are really really high ipc still but that they understand they have a massive thread disadvantage and that so that's where like i mean again think lakefield that's a look at i think their strategy moving forward yeah, did you hear um, um, Big Little is a big part of their strategy moving forward? Oh, it is. I'll just confirm it yeah. again right now. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah, is. Yeah, That's yeah, their strategy, yeah. which, and, and I have half of the script for part two of my Intel leaks together. And it's like a big point I'm going to make is it's like, I mean, we're just going to have to see if it pans out. A lot of people didn't think Zen would pan out. May, uh, so many people are saying Big Little won't work on x86 and Intel's doomed. And I'm like, Maybe if it sucks, maybe it'll be another, you know, bulldozer situation. It seriously could be anytime you try to do something entirely different. It could be, but Intel has the money and I just, I think it's going to at least be okay. And, and, and what so many people seem to miss is that modern Adam is so much better than the netbook I had in college, which was just yeah. absolute garbage. It's basically what I hear is what will go into Alder Lake is going to be around Ivy Bridge IPC. Now, Ivy Bridge is good today. You use Ivy Bridge right now, you probably wouldn't tell that it's an older CPU. And four of those Atom cores takes up the same die space as one 10 nanometer, I guess, Sunny Cove core right now. I guess I don't know how big, right, mm-hmm. Golden Cove cores would be. But And so is that really such a bad strategy if they're going to have eight super high IPC cores on a ring bus for gaming, and then they can fit four Ivy Bridge cores in the same spaces. So you could fit 32 Atom cores in the same space that it would take eight more. Would you not rather have eight plus 32? I think I might actually. Yeah, and imagine imagine a a scenario where you've got your, your intelligently switching between game loads, eight cores go hell for leather, Oh, I'm mm-hmm. doing a tile-based rendering thing. I can bring the core clock down on my other my A cores, but I can throw loads of really efficient cores at the problem. 
could give you massive improvement in scores anyway for for that kind of workload. So there's benefits to both way, the way AMD are doing it and the way uh, Intel are doing it. But I think AIM, in, Intel is coming from from the perspective of I need to be good for laptop too. Yes, and having those those small cores means that you you're good on both both approaches and it covers both sides of the equation. I mean, Lakefield for me is incredibly impressive. It takes up, and you have to look at overall package space in the laptop. The overall footprint of a Lakefield laptop with one Sunny Cove core and four Atom cores is the half of the footprint of their Y CPUs. Those are those dual core four thread. CPUs that takes up twice the room as of this five core Lakefield and uses about and uses more energy. So there is definitely some promise there. I, I honestly can't wait to see reviews in it, and I almost wonder like where they could go with this in the future in terms of like a handheld gaming device. I mean, it has the full yeah. Isolate graphics too. Yeah, we've seen that that what was a Razer thing or something that was it CEX? CEX yeah, well, every company's made some portable gaming device at some point. It was the uh, Alienware one you're probably thinking yeah, of, Alienware, the yeah, UFO. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, you could see that kind of because the graphics on these things are going to be impressive. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to be Orex four seventy level performance, maybe. Tiger Lake should be just about out of five sixty. Yeah, so you've got. 560 level graphics, which is still good for most games mm-hmm. with low settings. So, yeah, I I could see that being a like. I mean, it's gonna kill something like a Switch in terms of graphical performance. Well, that wasn't hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and so I again, you know, I think what I'm kind of getting to at this too is Intel can be very impressive late next year. I think, but but one thing I want to circle back to about Rocket Lake is to the people that say, and this is I said, I mean, you heard I said it in the video, like mm. what you're hearing. If you're a 240 hertz gamer, is Rocket Lake sounds like a 9900K with 20% higher IPC. How is that not going to crush AMD? And I've heard, like, I, what, yeah, it's like, a, like I literally saw in the comments a 20% better 9900K. How could AMD even compete with that? And I'm like, because now it uses 50% more energy and AMD is going to have a 20% better 3950X, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, Imagine, right, so AMD's winning, sorry, by about 13% in IPC this time around. But Depending on the clock the speed. Depending on the clock speed, though. Yeah, 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 depending on the clock, as long as it doesn't go too high in terms of clock speed. But everything we're hearing seems that clock speed's getting fixed. Have you seen the 4950X, like a 16-core part was, mm-hmm. was benchmarked somewhere? I didn't, I, I, I don't know. I, I think I've seen that somewhere, but I didn't see any exact scores, so I don't have a comparison yeah. point. It's not scores that that were impressive. It was the base clock. Oh. The base clock was higher than the 3950X's base clock now. Mm-hmm. The, the, the boost clock wasn't higher, but the base clock was higher. And if you look at the engineering sample leaks we got from the 3950X before it launched, its base clock was really low mm-hmm. consider, can, compared to what we got today. So the clock speed's looking better on, on Zen 3. Um, that must mean that because they're alien are fools, right? So they must be doing something to the to the fabric clock to bring up that boost that performance as well. Plus the fact that you've got eight cores on a CCX. Yes. Uh, AC, yeah. yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the uh, fabric clock because that uh, I think it was my last guest. Uh, you know how he talked about 
you know, scaling IPC with clock speed, which none of these are perfect terms, but for, for there's a couple of people in my Discord that get mad that I use the term IPC, but it's like, this is the nomenclature everyone listening understands, you know, and I mean performance per clock per core. Um, but the, the fact is, if you put a 3800X at five gigahertz, it actually still doesn't beat a 9900K at five gigahertz. And it's because mm-hmm. you would probably need, which he says he's going to try to do this eventually just to see, a fabric clock of like 2.5 gigahertz. Like you would need a blazing fast fabric clock. And what the thing to look for, and you know, we've seen mixed numbers on IPC with Zen 3. And I, I really do have a, a suspicion that those mixed numbers come from the fact that at four gigahertz, it might only be 10 to 15% better, but at five gigahertz, it'll be 20% better than Zen 2 because it actually scales the IPC with clock speed because of the unified mm-hmm. CCX. That, that's what I expect. And, yeah. and if that happens, I don't know what to tell you. We don't know that Rocket Lake will be able to hit quite the same clock speeds as Comet Lake. It's using 50% more energy. So again, this is the same situation as last year, except now Intel uses more energy and they might not clock any faster than AMD. That sounds like a clear win for AMD. And, and to, oh, and to the, the gamers that just keep saying, when will AMD beat Intel in, in a gaming performance? Well, they think they don't need to. That's why they're considering delaying Zen 3. So, <laughs> so you're such a small minority. That's how good their sales are to the gamers that say that. Yeah, and also the fact that like I get it, I did a live stream last night and like all that people kept asking yeah. about is, is that exact question. Or will will a Zen Zen 2 core bottleneck such an X GPU or oh. a Y GPU? And I'm like, listen, <laughs> if you look at hardware and boxes video where they put all of the game settings on low or medium, they were getting 300 frames per second out of a set out of a Zen 2 core. So when will a Zen 2 core bottleneck your GPU? When a GPU makes your your game run at 1440p, 300 frames per second, and when will that happen? About four generations of graphics card from now. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's it's ludicrous. Like, the games will always become harder to drive, always become more graphically intensive. Ray tracing is going to bring down frames per second across the board, but it's going to make a graphical fidelity much, much better. So, yeah, just buy the cheapest CPU that you can afford. Buy the best CPU for you, for the money that you have. And don't worry about whether it's going to bottleneck it. Right. And I mean, in my my biggest Ampere video, one thing that I was specifically told is that Ampere is... What I think he said catastrophically bottlenecked in 1080p. <laughs> that if you buy even and, and again, this is a GA102, so this is the top gaming die. He's like, even the most cut down version of this, it's like in 1080p, yeah, it might only be 20% better. I think that's another thing a lot of people are missing when they hear rumors. Oh, oh, is it, it some say it's 60% better, some say it's 20, 20% probably in 1080p, honestly. Like, I honestly, the mm-hmm. top one might just be 20% better in 1080p. And I don't know why you're buying this, like whatever, it's going to be billion transistor part for 1080p gaming. I mean, really, if you want to do esports 1080p gaming, it's probably just going to be like whatever the RDNA 2 version of the 5700XT ends up being. Because that that's all that's probably the highest clock speeds in a smaller core is what you're actually going to want. Yeah, right. Like when you see numbers of like, you know, 50% or 60% of people are on 1080p monitors. That's a real big number that everybody focuses down, focuses down mm-hmm. on, you know. But the reality is that people who buy twenty eighty supers and above, those guys have the money 
to have a better monitor. And they might only be 10% of the market. Mm. But 10% of the market at 800 quid a chip, while it only costs maybe 100 quid more to make that chip than it does to make the lower, the lower profit margin, higher volume product. And that's, I think people don't understand uh, industries of scale, how they make these things. They make a really oh, yeah. low volume product with a really high margin, and then they make a really high volume product with a really low margin. And that way you make about the same money on both products, but you're servicing the entire market. And yeah, there's loads of people out there who want a 4K GPU. It, it might only be 10% or 5% of the market, but that's still a lot of people and a lot of sales that NVIDIA wants to capture. Well, at a certain point too, it's just, if you're NVIDIA, it's like, well, what do you want us to do? Not make it get more performance? Because we've saturated 1080p. I mean, guys, let's be honest. We 1080p has been pretty much saturated since Maxwell, maybe. I mean, for esports gaming, for a top-end one for 1080p. It's just, it's just, it's, it's almost ridiculous. I mean, even the consoles are going to do Although that's a whole other discussion, going to do 4K just fine. Well, probably being silent and using 200 watts at most. Um, uh, but let's yeah, let's steer into next gen graphics discussions in general because I kind of like put together this prepared statement. You know, I'm seeing. I think there's been a lot of competing narratives going on right now about what's going to happen, and a lot. Some people are saying things like, "Oh, AMD is going to crush." PC gaming and finally win again. Oh no, NVIDIA is going to crush AMD forever with Ampere. And then of course there's a thing where people are constantly saying the consoles are going to humiliate PC. And I've kind of played with all of these narratives, but I think at this point, especially after seeing some of the more recent rumors about these graphics cards, it's like these silicon companies stopped focusing on Moore's Law a few years ago. And now we have HBM, 3D scanning, coprocessors, the consoles, and potentially in some upcoming products on PC, and a decent amount of all of these new interesting process nodes to choose between, and they're even combining different process nodes. I really think the next three to five years is going to be like 10 times more accelerated in development than what we've had in the past three to five years. And so I don't really think it's a matter of, I'm kind of changing my overall opinion just from, oh, you know, consoles aren't going to do this. This isn't going to do that. I just think everything's about to change over the next two years. And this idea that I should just get a console or a desktop, it's like, well, I, I just think if you need to upgrade, you should. And if not, Wait, because this, whether it's a console or Ampere, it's probably going to make everything in the past three years look ridiculous. And yeah, I, although I would probably wait till the end of this year, but <laughs> if you can. I think I lived through, uh, I know I'm a little bit older than you, Tom, but like I lived through the, the early noughties to the 2010 era where like all of a sudden you had... Uh, you know, 400 megahertz, uh, yeah. megahertz processor, first, uh, you know, 64-bit CPU, uh, first dual core, first quad core. The true uh, Moore's Law true, era. Yeah, 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 I lived through that. And then all of a sudden it just stopped. Right yeah. Around 2013 or something, it just stopped. And And like, yes, things got better, but it was all iterative upgrades. And the reason why it stopped is very simple. AMD bought the only competing GPU manufacturer in the world to NVIDIA. And then they stopped being able to sell CPUs because they made a terrible <laughs> process node. And by those two things, AMD holding the two competitors for the two other guys, they were able to become an, uh, effectively a monopoly, yeah. move up margins, stop innovating as much. And now you've got AMD back in the game on both sides. And whether it beats NVIDIA or whether it beats Intel in one specific benchmark or whatever, it doesn't matter because AMD are here to play now. 
And that means the other guys have to go faster as well. And everything has to go faster. So we're back in the early noughties again. Where mm-hmm. You're just going to see, you've already seen it. You've seen quad cores, eight cores, 16 cores, 32 cores, 64. <laughs> yeah, you know, you see it. Next is 128 people. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen next year, but it will happen. You might and see 72 from someone next year. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And you're seeing like you're seeing uh you know, especially with um uh compute units and SMs on GPUs now, you're seeing them begin to accelerate away again because they'd they'd stagnated for a while. Mm-hmm. And not only that, you're seeing custom because uh, there's no other way to, to to scale past certain amounts of, of compute units. Exactly. You're seeing custom parts of GPUs doing custom workloads and trying to offload those workloads onto different parts of silicon as well. And then you've seen Cortex's video on talking about, uh, you know, uh, his specific leak or rumor. I think it's a, it's just a speculation. It's a speculation, and yeah. uh, we can talk about that if you want. I actually don't want to talk about it too much yet, but I will just no. say, like, I, I thought it was hilarious in the comments. It's like, have you seen Cortex's newest video, which we talked about the subject of it two days before it even went out, guys. And then he goes, you should reach out to your sources about this. And it's like, oh, thanks for the tip. It wouldn't have occurred to me <laughs> to reach yeah, out to yeah. my NVIDIA sources after Cortex video. You guys, I did. <laughs> and at least one says it. Well, I, I don't want to be harsh about it, but the guy says it makes no sense. But that's just one yeah. source. And it's not, we'll call him Leather Jacket. And there's another source I'll call Green Throat. And he's the big one. And if he gets back to me, but he's not very responsive. So if he ever gets back to me, I'd, I'd be a little more confident. But I've also had someone else reach out that there's something crazy going on with Ampere. So I'm not... I'm not willing to rule it entirely out. I kind of see it like the five nanometer Zen three rumor. What I will say, and I, you know, I don't like to talk a lot about things that I hear because I don't hear anywhere near as much as you guys do. Right. But I, I genuinely hear some stuff. And what I will say is that AMD will have something that you won't be able to live without next generation. <laughs> yeah. And I think you know what I'm talking about, but Nvidia will also have something that you won't be able to live without. And you're going to be forced to make a decision. On one of those things that you won't want to live without. That's all I'll say on in that in that terms of of that. If it's true, what the guy told sure. me, sure. I don't know whether it's true. Yeah, but it, I I don't think I don't think the idea of that chip being on the back, if it does exist at all, is a goer because you've seen the you've seen the fin array, and even though that's only a three D printed whatever, you've seen it. It doesn't kill anything on the back. It's meant to. That's what the front of the, someone told me too. With four heat pipes, it doesn't kill anything. So. Uh, yeah, I will say that there is stuff going on the back, oh. and I've got a video coming out today uh, speculating on some stuff. Uh, but it, it's it, you know you know there's the la- when's the last time we've seen a shortened PCB on mm-hmm. a GPU? Fury. Yeah, what did Fury bring to the table? Mm-hmm. HBM. There might have been changes made. That's all I'm saying. But like, I don't know whether it's true or not. It, that was my own so, speculation. So I'll give you this. Uh, uh, one of the one source I talked to, who's again, and there's different types of sources, right? There's people within the company, and actually, my more favorite sources often are the people that are next to the company because they have no reason to lie, <laughs> right? Uh, and they usually have enough experience to just go if something's likely true or not. And and one thing that was specifically mentioned, uh, someone who does work with cards early, uh, like he doesn't understand how they're going with GDR6 with how powerful this card is. And that looking at what Big Navi is probably bringing, it was a mistake and that this might be entirely uh, bottlenecked by bandwidth if they don't go with something much faster, which, you know, now there's those GDR6X rumors, which is hilarious too, because it's like, well, that was quick. <laughs> I mean, how long did it mm-hmm. take for us to get GDR5X? Yeah. Or, But, and, and I mean... 
There was always some versions of the top dies that had HBM designed. I mean, do you really think, you know, NVIDIA wasn't designing a version of it with that? So that wouldn't at all surprise me. And man, that must mean they're scared of Big Navi. <laughs> Again, just let me throw it out there. What I will say is, is you've got you've to understand that a Titan has existed before with HBM. Yeah. It's Titan V. Mm-hmm. And a Titan can exist with HBM this time if the mask was already done for it. So in other words, if NVIDIA had already made a mask mm-hmm. and they were planning to do this for a different segment, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they were planning to like, I'm going to make this card for a Quadro or a Tesla or whatever. Mm. Like, I think they killed one of those names. But they're going to... Yeah, they killed the anyway. Tesla because they think people yeah. try to drive their graphics cards. <laughs> I think it's probably because Tesla dropped them for the self-driving cars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, yeah, so if you've already made the photo mask, why not make the GPU? If you think you're going to lose or you think you need or you think your TDPs are getting out of control, it's a big saving in terms of power. Yeah. Do it that way. Which that it looks sense. like they're pushing up clock speeds, which is one thing I had in that last Ampere video I had out, which was, oh, they're upping the clock speed even more. And, you know, there's been a lot of conflicting rumors about the various Titans and uh, uh, top Amperes, that there was supposedly a GA-101 at one point, but that it was killed. Mm-hmm. And again, yeah. so it's like, if you guys think NVIDIA didn't design all of these different things in case they wanted to release it ahead of time, it's like, what? I mean, I, for instance, there was that Navi 12 that never came out. Until now, apparently. Apparently today, an HBM yeah. version of the 5700 yeah. XT is out for Apple. You, I assure you, AMD had that design done a year ago. like, And they just decided to release it now. That's the basis for my video today. It's with the editor right now. I hope he's done a good job. First time, first time he's ed- editing this video. But uh, yeah, so that was the basis of the start of the speculation on the HBM. Is like, you know, if they could do it with Navi 10, yes, the die. Have you seen the die shot? It's completely different in terms of mm-hmm. its design. Uh, it has different memory controllers in different places and 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 different. Uh, you know, it is. It's its own HBM. different die. It is not just a Navi 10. That's how I can describe it. But it isn't just a Navi 10. Yeah, 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 exactly. So if they could, if, you know, Navi was always able to work with HBM, well, then AMD could have always made a HBM card if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a matter of investing a hundred million, which is a lot, but for the sales they'll get back, it's not a, it's not a lot of money in the, in the long term. And if it takes, if it takes them to win or it takes them to get under a specific TDP envelope and they can do it. And remember, graphics cards are 1,200 quid now, <laughs> which means that HBM is not too expensive anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, because AMD is operating on a 50% margin, NVIDIA is operating on a 65% margin. So AMD can be that little bit more expensive to manufacture. Yeah, so there's a lot of room there to maneuver in terms of how you're going to build out your GPU. But I think the key point that I want to talk about, and I think a lot of maybe my mm-hmm. viewers, probably not yours, always go, but Tom said this, so clearly oh. he's wrong. Or Tom, you know. No. And I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, what Tom's leak was from. Exactly. Was from a dude sitting or a dude hearing or sitting in front of. Well, there's a few people, sample. but one of them, yeah. one of them is someone who has their yeah. hands on it. I'll say that. Yeah. 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 Hands on an engineering sample that's not finalized. Correct. And could always change. Correct. So Correct. Is, yeah. So this is the reason why I don't do leaks sometimes. Like I, I do drop hints, but I don't do leaks. When it comes to leaks, I've just come to the conclusion of like, I'm just going to be as clear as I can in my videos, the stuff I'm 100% sure about, the stuff I'm speculating about. 
and this stuff that other people have talked about. So probably backs this up. And I just try to make it as clear as possible. And it's like, I think it's when you start taking yourself too seriously and kind of mixing when you're speculating and when you have leaks that I think people get the most mad is what I would also say. Yeah, what I think I think I get a bit annoyed when people don't listen. It, it really infuriates me <laughs> to the point where maybe I do take myself too seriously. Because yeah. I've clearly said this might not be true before Zen 2 launched mm-hmm. in Discord privately. I didn't say it on a video, but I was like, well, in a video, I said it's my own speculation. But actually, realistically, what I was saying was these things are not going to hit five gigahertz. I don't know what happened with Jim's leak, but it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I know what the clock speeds are going to be. I've been told I have somebody who's benchmarking it right now. It's not happening. There might have been five gigahertz, uh, you know, Zen 2 parts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In fact, every part that sits in your PC now might do five gigahertz <laughs> on a single core. Yeah. But the problem is that there's no point in doing it, as we found out. Yes. Zen does not scale past about 4.4 gigahertz. Exactly. Therefore, there was no reason in having a 4.5 gig, uh, sorry, a 5 gigahertz part. I mean, like, what would it have even done? It would have probably been, like, still 2% worse at gaming than the 9900K, and it now would have been, like, a 200-watt part. I mean, what? And, and, and it would have been the best samples, too, which should probably just be going into Epic. So what's the entire point of that? Now, now I will say this, though. Matisse, too, could be a different situation, which was another thing I kind of wanted to get back to talking about as well, is, you know, there is also, if we do see them confirm Zen 3 coming out, next year, which I think it would still come out very early next year before Rocket Lake. If they do that, though, like that could indicate Matisse, too, has like the stock fabric clocks that are higher. And there's a lot of evidence it really does boost 5 to 10% higher than on average in a game than the other one. And well, and again, right, an overclocked Comet Lake will probably still beat it in gaming. Mm-hmm. But at stock settings, it might just match or even beat Comet Lake. And if they can do that, and Rocket Lake's been, well, I'm not delayed. It was always really going to come out in quarter one. Um, then why release Zen 3 if they can just do this too? Yeah, what I will say is there's somebody said something to me. And I don't know how true it is, but um, they, like I read it somewhere else afterwards about a but no, well I've known about Mat- you've known about Matisse Matisse too since like February or March yeah. or something, right? I've known about it pretty much as long as there and then as well. Um, but like I didn't know what it was. I thought it maybe would have been an eight core relaunch of Zen or whatever. But mm-hmm. Somebody said it's it's on seven nanometer P because seven nanometer seven nanometer P is is uh, compatible yeah. with seven nanometer. So so N seven and I've been N7 thinking P, that too, yeah. Uh, are, are compatible, so it requires no order, no extra photo mask, so it doesn't require any extra work. Exactly put it on that process. So yeah, yeah, it, it could. This is the easiest refresh ever to cost them nothing. Yeah, exactly. And also the fact of the matter is, if it's on that, then it's better quality silicon. Better quality silicon means everything will clock higher, including like a memory controller, yes. a fabric clock could go higher as well. So maybe I don't know. Yeah, I mean that was. Uh... I mean, I mean, you can just look at how much higher some of these parts are clocking right now on their own too, without even having a rename. I mean, I've I've got endless examples of people in my Discord in the comments who have said, "Yeah, no, I have a because you know there's some people who are who love overclocking and tweaking, and they'll just buy multiple processors every month for the overclock for fun, see if they can get a better sample." And it's like, oh yeah, launch was like 1.4 volts, and I could get to like 
maybe 4.3 gigahertz all core with the 3600. And now they're like, uh, I'm at 4.5 gigahertz all core at 1.2 volts. This is an entirely different CPU. And when you see that, it's like, yeah, that AMD is probably going to keep the same TDP. In fact, I, I thought maybe they'd push it to 125 watts, but it sounds like it's not even necessary. Just that and, you know, N7P is like 15% better than N7 or something. So they can just push it probably to 10% higher clocks and 10% everything. And again, that that's it then. Comet Lake's dead at that point. So let me switch gears here a little bit. Well, I guess before I switch gears, let me just round out the uh, Ampere thing too. I guess the last thing I wanted to say about that is, and and kind of also pulling together what you said about people saying, ah, oh, this other guy said this, so you're wrong. It's like, I think what really also blows me away is how often people think we contradict each other when really not so much. If you go to my Ampere yeah. leak, I said it's going to have wildly better ray tracing performance like ray tracing performance i was almost nervous to tell people because but i i got firm numbers so it's like okay i mean and honestly this is what i expected nvidia to do to like at least double quadruple ray tracing over turing and so if you look at just to bring up cortex's leak one more time most of what he said doesn't contradict anything i said if anything no. it would explain it yeah <laughs> you know yeah. yeah it would explain the reason why um what i will say is that I've heard, and I don't know whether it's true or not, again, but uh, Navi's ray tracing performance is not as good as Ampere, maybe just as good as Turing's. You mean RDNA 2? Sorry, yeah, yeah, RDNA 2. Yeah, yeah. So it's ray tracing performance is somewhere around Turing's ray tracing. But what I, I, I'm, I'm, cons- I'm worried about, like, what I, sorry, what I'm concerned about that is, is, is that poor CU or is that like... Exactly. You know I mean, because... Yeah, because if it's poor CU, then it's going to have more CU, so it's going to be better again. Exactly. Uh, is it per clock? Because then clock speed... It's going to be clocked a lot faster, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the yeah. way I... And again, it's like, let's be honest, compared to previous AMD graphics card releases, this one's been kept pretty quiet, actually, for the past year. There were some decent leaks, actually, you know, mid-last year that I think were mostly true. But since then, you know, again, knowing core count doesn't really tell you that much anymore. It's all about what other capabilities the architecture has. And so mm-hmm. my my opinion, and this is just complete opinion, is to what I expect out of RDNA2's ray tracing performance is maybe slightly better ray tracing per CU than Turing per SM, but it's also clocked, you know, 30, 40% faster with substantially more CU. So I, in other words, I kind of expect top RDNA 2 to ray trace substantially better than top Turing, but for Ampere yeah. to still win in ray tracing quite handedly. But they should both yeah. be able to do it. And one source said that AMD wants to market the top RDNA card as a 4K 120 ray tracing card. So, <laughs> which you can, you know, yeah. NVIDIA will do the same thing. So, yeah. and, and that's the thing where it's like, as much as I don't have like an Ampere level leak, if you will, about Big Navi, I do have a couple people who are under NDA who will drop me a hint here and there. And everything they say is that RDNA 2 is incredibly good at machine learning. If that's true, then why would it not be good at all of these other DLSS type functions, uh, ray tracing functions that Ampere has? And for Christ's sakes, the PS5 is <laughs> does 2.2 gigahertz in a console. Do you guys really not think a desktop card is going to be faster than that? So 
I, I, I just, something I keep telling people is it's like, as much as I think Ampere will probably keep the top performance crown because they're just going to unleash everything. I do think you've got to remember that AMD is not dumb or incompetent and they are very aggressive right now. Whatever you're hearing about how crazy Ampere is, the way I would put it is AMD probably has some sort of answer. I, I really doubt they have nothing. What I've, I've, been, I've been really trying to get somebody to give me information on this one specific thing, right? So I tweeted out last night looking for somebody to say, like, I talk to a lot of the same people you talk to, yeah. right? Let's just be it, right? So, but I, I tweeted out last night, I'm still not sure on ADCUs. Yeah. You see my tweet. I'm still not sure on ADCUs. That would be the final puzzle piece or something like that. I said, mm-hmm. just hoping that somebody would get back to me in a DM or, or, or send me a mail or something that would, te- you know, confirm that for me. And it's so hard. Like, I can get, I, I, I've known. I've pretty much said in about 50 videos. Yeah. Ampere is going to have 5,000 plus shaders. Oh, yeah. We've known that for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I've not. I've said Tink Titan V level shaders. That's what I've said for the longest time, right? You can can kind of confirm that nearly last year, right? Mm -hmm. But I can't get anything that confirms ADCUs. Like somebody, some random guy. The original leaks. That's it. Yeah. And those are like a year old. Yeah, I just, I just can't hear anything else. Then. So, and my gut has always told me that it's going to be around 64. Again, the magic 64 from AMD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Not because it's magic, just because like, I think 360 or 70 millimeter squared is, is like for price to performance on the 7 nanometer node. Well, there could be both well, though, right? There could be a 64 yeah, CU be, yeah. die and an 80. I doubt they would just make, I was thinking about that, right? I doubt they would just make an 80 die and then nothing yeah. below it but 40. <laughs> well, we've seen those leaks of 505, 360, yeah. 240, and they all make sense in terms of numbers, but that could be just some dude sitting in, a, sitting in his room as clever as me and you are looks at all this stuff all the time, just made it up and it might look right. And it like, you can kind of, like you can sit down with, with Ampere and you can sit down with a calculator and figure out what the date die size is going to be because you've got all the information, right? You've got how big it scales up in terms of, uh, from, you know, from, uh, you know, Titan V to GA 100 or whatever. You've got all that information. So you can sit down with a calculator and figure out roughly what the die size is. So there could be guys out there doing this all the time. and Oh, I, I, I'm sure they are, you know. Yeah. And, and I've received yeah. stuff like that. And someone said, why haven't you paid attention to this chart? And I'm like, I'm just not. It just seems like a chart someone put together. You, you, can, never, yeah. you can never be 100% sure. But, you know, yeah, I guess, you know, the one thing I would say about die size, someone asked me this question too, which I think is an interesting point. Like Adorna, that am that uh, uh, RDNA two video come out, which I actually watched before he pulled it, and and he pulled it because you know he got confirmation that at least a large part of what made him believe the rumor sounds like it wasn't true. But I thought it's unfortunate because I actually thought a lot of that video made some really good points, and if you'd have just made it a smaller video, you know, it would have been fine. And one thing that he talked about is how AMD might push the top card to like 400 watts, which it sounds like, again, that source was BS according to him. But, you know, that's something I could see AMD doing. You know, if AMD, the the, the rumors this whole time is they've had power usage issues with the larger dies, but let's say they fix the performance at the very least and they come to the conclusion, oh, our 80 or whatever, our 500 millimeter squared die beats top ampere if we overclock it to 400 watts let's just do it like and if i was amd i would say it's worth it 
You know, because if you take the top performance crown, you take the top performance crown. Most people aren't, I mean, we've learned this from Intel. Like most people aren't even buying the top chip anyways, but if they see AMD dethrone AM, you know, NVIDIA for even a week, I think the brand recognition, like it would pay so many dividends just to have one week where they're like, nope, AMD is the strongest, you know? And so I can see that happening. Yeah, that's why I was like, release big Navi now. Like I, like months ago, I was like, just release it now. Mm. Just get it out. Cause like, I don't even want them to risk it, but it tells you how much AMD believes in big Navi because they're playing chicken with release dates. They Both are. Both of them are playing chicken. Both of them are like, oh, you know, I'm going to launch now or I'm going to... And there's all of these leaks around rumors of, of, of release dates. And I think that's just the two of them fucking with each other, to be honest. Like, because one of them wants to fire a shot first. One wants the other to fire the shot first so they can beat the other in terms of either performance or price to performance. Right? And NVIDIA is scared this time around because you can see it, right? I don't know how true those leaks are because there's one thing that I know is not true. And that's all I can say. So I, mm-hmm. I know one thing is not true. So therefore, and I think something you said even disproves some of that stuff as well. So I, I think that even you know, not all of those leaks from Igor's labs mm-hmm. are true. Well, a lot of my information actually lines up pretty well with Igor's labs, to be entirely honest. I, mm. you, you might have to spell it out for me. What I would say is that mm. every Ampere leak half of the stuff lines up with each other and it just doesn't surprise me if something's different. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 around memory, but like I just think that number one, uh, let's just spell the obvious out and the one thing I will speak about is GDDR6X. Yeah. Just banged of bullshit to me straight away, right? And um because it would be so much cheaper to do a bigger memory bus. Find a cleverer way to do a bigger memory bus than it would be to go with like a new type of memory that clocks so much higher and it would mm-hmm. be more expensive and put 24 gigabytes of it on. I'm not saying there's not going to be 24 gigabytes because ter- 390, I'll say 3090, I'm not sure about either. I'm not really sure about that. Is that like NVIDIA? Well, I mean, you know, so there's the, all this stuff, right? My original, the original leak said 16 gigabit per second and then, the, and then mine said 18 and then other people's actually said 18 as well. And then mm. I actually, 18, I believe. Yeah. And I know that there's been 18 on some, actually, so I know some console dev kits had 18 gigabit per second. Cause it, you can do it. You can overclock some of the best GDR six chips in low volumes right now to 18 gigabit per second. It's just not really production ready, probably till this fall to be mass produced at that high of a speed. And when I saw 21 and I received information that there was 21 but the source said, well, again, like they don't really, <laughs> NVIDIA doesn't tell you anything you're working on because they don't want you to know. But like they said it was running at 21 gigabit per second, but they didn't say GDR6X. Uh, they just said, if that's a thing, you know, maybe, you know, and I, and I don't know how fast they're able to get their hands on. I guess the one thing I would say about all of these rumors is it's just like, there's so many different things that could be going on right now. This is the time where we're getting a thousand rumors a week and you have to kind of really wonder how many of them can be true. I, I mean, NVIDIA could just really be, it could just be they already had it designed and they're just pushing it as far as they can go. And they're like, what do we feasibly think is the fastest memory we'll be able to get our hands on this fall? And maybe it'll be a paper launch again, you know? Yeah. What I will say is, um, and as I said, everything I say is is completely so. This is a very speculation-ish yeah, video. Yeah, I mean, podcast, yeah, exactly. you guys. So yeah, don't yeah. don't hammer so, us yeah. about this. 
Yeah, yeah. I was told GDDR6 is bullshit. That's what I was told, right? 100% GDDR6 is bullshit. But that doesn't mean that there's not 21 gigabits per second memory. It just means that GDDR6 is bullshit. That, that, that name mm. is bullshit. You know? So uh, when you're told that, and then you kind of already, before you even told that, you look at it and you go, that's bullshit. You know what I mean? It's kind of like you, you have to question it, all of the other information because of that one thing that, that, that for me was glaringly, glaringly obvious. Uh, but yeah, in saying that, I think it makes sense. I, you, you heard the gym thing because you obviously seen the video before it's mm-hmm. taken down of, of, of changing the name to, to 90 so that they don't get their brand Titan beaten and all that kind of stuff. Or that they can sell their top, top, top die that should be a Titan for 1500 or something or 2000 and not mm. technically lower the price of what a Titan is. As they prepare yeah, maybe a exactly. stronger Titan too to be launched above yeah. it for who knows four thousand dollars at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So as I said, yeah, it, it it does start to make sense. But at the same time, I'm like, is Nvidia like is Jensen just dicking with us? You know oh I mean? yeah. Because he liked that little gag when he when he was reading the 20 series, is like the you know, the GTX eleven eighty, and then he's like, ha, nobody knew that it was actually the 20 series when Jim had leaked it all a week beforehand. But anyway, yeah, like, you know, is he just sticking with us? Is he just releasing all this stuff to kind of play? Because they're both playing espionage with each other. Oh, oh yeah. It's it's especially <laughs> AMD now. That's when I just went, I'm done. I think I might be done covering some of these AMD leaks for, now, for a while because when I saw AMD Warhol, I'm like, that's bullshit. That doesn't make any sense. And, and, and look, People may in a year or two from now say, here's, you know, I found one one minute section where Tom was wrong about AMD Warhol, but it's like seven nanometers Zen 3 Warhol the day after a five nanometers Zen 3 rumor. And it's Vermeer that's Zen. Why would they go seven, seven? All right, guys, I'm now very sure half of this stuff coming out is just bullshit leaks trying to confuse people. And and yeah, I know that yeah, AMD yeah. specifically, I've been told AMD is trying to stop this leaky ship they've had in the past. And so that they are intentionally like putting at the end of meetings bullshit stuff and then seeing which groups leak it so they can kind of get closer to the terrorist cell of leaks one by one. Yeah, that's why there's no um, AIB partner models at launch mm-hmm. because they're the leakiest fucks alive. And they <laughs> have to know all of the information before a card comes out because they oh. have to a cooler for it. So don't give them anything Give it to them after launch and let them work on their designs then because they're they're leaky as I mean like Oh they are. Some of my sources are AIBs and they're just yeah. they're incredibly leaky for sure. So remember we heard the price of, of Navi before it was even launched, before it was even like announced mm-hmm. the price of Navi. Because I think Sapphire or something came out and was it Sapphire, I think it was. One oh yeah, they just said it. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, they're, they're gonna be like around four hundred, five hundred dollars. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and he just said that like it was so casually. Like it didn't yeah. even matter to him. Yeah. 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 Because all of those sneaky Europeans won't be able to understand whatever language you're speaking. But yeah, we did. We, we, we yeah. translated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, let me steer the conversation a little bit. We've spent a lot of time and this is, again, this is just, again, kind of more of a more casual episode where we're just... Mm-hmm. I, I mean, again, guys, don't take any of this as us 100% confirming, although I think you can tell which things me and you are sure about, hopefully. But uh, I want to yeah. steer it a little bit more 
into the consoles. I actually have I, I actually have been neglecting some of these reader mails. I've been enjoying talking with you so much so well, far. Bang a, bang a few, bang a few of them out. We'll just answer them. Yeah. Rapid fire, and then we'll go on to some other stuff. For my new benchmarking station, I did use a legitimate key of Windows 10 Professional, and that's because it's just not expensive if you go to CDK Offers. They did sponsor me to say this, but I used their website, and it works well. They have great customer support, and if you use offer code BROKENSILICON, you'll get 25% off Windows software, and DieShrink gets you 3% off all software on the website, including game codes. I will reiterate, it was really easy for me to actually set up an account on this website, search for Windows, buy the code using whatever payment method I wanted, and they do have several options, and then I simply got sent the authentic key and downloaded Windows 10 from Microsoft's website. Save yourself some money to get more bones for your dog and don't stress yourself out using illegitimate keys. These are real keys and they did sponsor this part of the video. So one more time, that's cdkoffers.com. Use DieShrink for 3% off all software on the website, including Steam games and Broken Silicon for 25% off software. All right, now let's get to the benchmark. Yeah, so VI Pass says Linus at. Yeah, so I'm just going to kind of paraphrase. Uh, let, let's go step by step here. There's a lot of things you mentioned there, VI Pass. Number one, there was the Linus Tech Tips apology video. Number two, there's the idea that con uh, PCs will hold back consoles. And then number three, there's the discussion about if they'll be able to make games on all of these. And I'll, I'll just rapid fire. I think I'll go backwards, actually. So I continue to think this idea of one holding the other back is uh, kind of a, like they can, the whole point of the Unreal Engine 5 demo that everyone seems to keep missing isn't that you'll, well, you will need an SSD, I think, for a lot of games, but that there are multiple ways of scaling performance. You can have a more powerful CPU, you can have a more powerful GPU, you can have more RAM, so you don't need as powerful as an SSD because you'll just put more in the RAM. And if you have powerful IO, you can use it to more rapidly stream in assets quicker, which is a performance benefit. So again, I just think what we're going to see is engines that scale performance in more than a few ways. And then in terms of holding things back, it's again, people look at Ampere and they go, and maybe Big Navi and go, ah, see, consoles suck. And it's like, yeah, those consoles are going to be a lot cheaper and not everyone's going to buy Ampere on day one. It's really budget PC builds that I think are the sticking point here. And then now let me go to the first one where I'll let you start talking, which is uh, the Linus Tech Tips apology video. Did you see that? Let's start there then. I think it was the best apology. Oh, yeah. Done. Very, very, like, he, he basically cast a light in his own ignorance and said, look, I, I, I just didn't look into it. I should I opened my mouth before I shouldn't. And dude didn't even say what I said he said. So, look, I'm sorry on all of that. And it was just very well done. And there's nothing else you can say other than everybody should know that what consoles are doing is unbelievably impressive. Yeah. You cannot, unless you're, unless you're an engineer right now, you can't understand it. But I think Ratchet and Clank probably. Oh, it showed it. Demo, it's real. It showed, yeah, it showed you what, what, what's possible. And that, that is just bigger worlds, more epic worlds. But I will say, on term of, of, of PCs holding consoles back, 
PCs have more mem- more RAM. PCs have more will have probably not confirmed have more VRAM mm-hmm. to access. So you could always do clever things with that. And yeah, that's all I'll say on that at the moment. But yeah, there's there's some more interesting stuff that Tom knows what I'm talking about as well. Uh, whether it's RDNA three or RDNA two. Oh, and the uh, oh. Yeah, see, that's the problem is I don't want to, and I have been sharing notes with a couple other tech tubers just because no one, (laughs) like, we just don't feel like we can talk about what we think we might know about the consoles that much right now, just because the fanboys will just scream at us. I mean, can you believe after the, I don't, I did a live stream after the PS5 announcement and I was called a Xbox fanboy <laughs> in a video where I was overwhelmingly positive about the PS5. But, you know, I would say, well, that was stupid, though. That doesn't make sense. I think they should do this, though, and I think that's a mistake. And just because I said anything negative, I'm, you know, it's, and so it's like this problem of, like, I'm just... A few years ago, I thought, you know, I don't know, maybe AMD and NVIDIA fanboys are worse than Xbox and PlayStation. Wrong. No, 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 no. No, I take it back. I immediately take it back. And I said that to one of my best friends, too. I'm like, was it this bad before? And he goes, fuck yes. It was insane before. You've just forgotten. Like, yeah. And so, so I'm sitting on some information. You know, the one thing I will bring up from it, though, that is interesting. And I only heard this yesterday and it's kind of a source from a source. So keep in mind that I'm not hundred percent confirming it is it's like, you know, horizons coming to PC because it's already saturated the PlayStation market. And frankly, it looks yeah. like they might bundle it with Ryzen CPU. So when people see that, I'm like, do you get, dude, they're putting a PlayStation ad on every AMD CPU. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. I, heard you, yeah, I must have watched that uh, live stream then. I'm like, if I heard you that. <laughs> that's why they're doing that. Like anyone who's going to buy it on PlayStation has bought it. So that's why they're doing that is it's an ad for PlayStation. And I do, I have been told again, that they're going to bring Bloodborne to PC. And again, that makes sense because there's already a big Dark Souls following on PC. So bringing Bloodborne, it'll sell incredibly well. Um, And that Sony is looking to just keep doing this. But again, my understanding is not every game. They plan to keep the majority of their games exclusive. But what they'll do is they'll say, hey, we know that has a big market on PC potentially. So let's port that one three or four years after it comes out. And Mm -hmm. right now they're doing early looks into how they'll port PS5 games to PC. And they said, yeah, we're just going to have to wait a few years, first of all. But it looks like at the very least, it'll require a Gen 4 SSD and at least 32 gigabytes of DDR. And it still has performance issues in some of the games where, again, it's not like they ported anything. They've just done some light mini port testing. And they're like, they might need to wait for like 64 gigs of RAM to be standard with like 16 gig graphics cards and Gen 4 SSDs. So, I mean, there's kind of answering. I bring that up because, I mean, I don't know if you have any comments on that with regards to PC holding it back. I think that there will be things, and I can't speak to which architecture it will be, but I think there will be things that will enable PC not to hold it back. Yeah. Oh, you mean with RDNA 3 on PC? I'm not saying which architecture. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying on both sides of G- okay and AMD. But I'm not saying which, like whether it's like a year from now or two years from now or three years from now. Yeah, there will be something. Well, 
You know, again, the way I look at it is I don't think it's nearly, I think, again, what my main point is, I think a lot of people assume it's hard to make a game on PlayStation, or how should I put this, right? They think it's hard to leverage the SSD and the PS5 for, and the Xbox for performance benefits. And that's just so not what anyone's told me. Every developer says yeah. it's literally built to be easy to get more performance out of what they've done because otherwise it would have been pointless. They don't want this just for exclusives. And so I just think it's like, look, PC is going to have more brute force and Ampere with NV cash potentially, although I heard they might limit that to professional cards and high bandwidth cash for our, our basically a high bandwidth cash 2.0 eventually. And, and, you know, who knows? I've speculated they could put, you know, big SSDs that are lightning fast on the graphics card itself. You know, there's all of these solutions there. In the meantime, there is just also brute force. And I think the boring answer is this is a efficient way to design a console. It will have performance mm-hmm. benefits. And the only casualty of this is going to probably be budget builds this year. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the true casualty. It's not because devs aren't going to, I guess the, what I want to say, let it hold it back. They're just going to make it, make sure it runs on PC, but you might have to turn down more settings for some builds. Yeah. PCs don't need to be efficient. That's the most important thing right. to remember. It's, I have a thousand watt PSU. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't need to be efficient. It, it, it's nice if they are, but they don't have to be. In entirely efficient, so that that's one way they could make up the performance difference. But yeah, it, it, I what I my in, my understanding of how you write for an SSD in terms of how you bring all of that performance to bear, and I do not know as much as the guy you had on talking about. <laughs> probably not. But my understanding is that it's actually really difficult to write for a, a, a hard drive. Relatively, yeah. Really hard to write for. Digit like a, a disc basically. Mm-hmm. So this is actually a brush of it. Oh yeah, discs here, were a nightmare. Sure. <laughs> yeah, but, well, it's very similar. They're both spinning, mm-hmm. so you know it's it, and it just the way it's always been done. But they've wanted to do it a different way for so long, and now they're getting it, and it's easier to do it this mm-hmm. way. So, in fact, this is an implementation that developers are crying out for because it's easier for them to to, to it saves them time. Edward Villanovo writes in and he says, do you think CPUs will start incorporating mini CPU cores, maybe even ARM ones, on the I.O. dies to improve throughput for certain tasks in a manner manner similar to the I.O. controller for the storage in the PS5? So let me just say, my answer for this is, I mean, if they have eight Atom cores in Alder Lake, that might do that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why I I would say yes. Um, I'd say that. They're, CPU manufacturers are always looking for clever ways to increase performance. And if it can increase performance and it's an easy win for them, they'll do it. So that's that's probably a quick answer on that one. Well, and, and, and you know, I, I think the, uh, the honest answer is I, I expected perhaps them to throw some IO coprocessors into Zen 3, maybe Zen 4. I can't say who it is because he... This this is someone, if I said his name, you know who it is. It's not a tech tuber, but he's someone who really knows a lot about what's going on in the background. And he just openly talked to me one day about a few things. And he said, as far as he's aware, Zen 4 is going to be crazy. It's going to be kind of in between that full 3D stacking and non-full 3D stacking. It was kind of like a 2.5D situation. Um, yeah. And as far as he's aware, there still aren't these super extravagant coprocessors. And the way you scale performance is you just have a more powerful core than the consoles potentially is what's going to happen. And I think people are underestimating like, I mean, it is pretty simple if you think about it, right? They said the PS5 has an additional coprocessor that's nine Zen 2 cores equivalent. 
and then one that's two more. So that's 11 plus eight, 19, but it's clock slower than a 3950X. We're already going to yeah. get Zen 3. We're already going to get, you know, all these. It, I mean, I think that's kind of the simple answer as well is our CPUs are going to keep getting stronger over the next few years and that might just handle it. My question would be where, who makes those coprocessors? That's my question. Um, I need to know who makes them. I need to know where they're manufactured and I need to know who owns the intellectual property on those CPUs. It does those coprocessors. Um, and when I know that, I can give you a proper, probably a more, <laughs> a better answer on, on, on that question. But I will say that uh, the main direction CPUs are probably going in terms of increasing performance is getting memory closer to the die. Mm-hmm. So getting memory closer to, to the CPU cores. Intel are going by stacking the memory on top. Mm-hmm. AMD are going to probably put it beside the, the core. All right. Master Chef writes in and he says, do you guys feel that the new GPU architecture is coming out discrete and consoles, both of them, are going to move the bar higher and faster than previous generations, especially, essentially, actually, what I want to know is, do you think that in a couple of years, Polaris, Vega, RDNA 1, Turing, all of these are just going to fall by the wayside quicker than we're used to and not hold their value on eBay as well? Yes, I think that um, anybody who bought a Turing card should sell it now. Mm-hmm. Um, Navi is not. Navi one is not the full implementation of, of RDNA. And I would get rid of that as well as quick as I could. Um, because they're probably AMD don't have the software developers that NVIDIA have either. So they don't have the resources to look after architectures for as long. The reason why we got a fine wine with GCN is because that's the only architecture they had for the longest time. And um, so yeah. I'd say probably, yeah, get rid of your graphics cards now, buy something cheap and wait for the new stuff. And then you'll probably get a long, long lifetime. But in terms of ray tracing, that's where everything's going now. It's on the consoles, so therefore it's gonna gonna be the future. Get ray tracing card as soon as you can, except for don't buy a touring card because they're not as good, and they're never gonna be as good. No, as like I I've I'm always been saying ray tracing will be a thing when you can get twenty eighty level twenty eighty ti level ray tracing in a two hundred dollar card. Mm-hmm. Which it sounds like we might get even more than that with Ampere. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, what do you think we're going to get next generation round? We're probably, well, maybe $350 card, but yeah, that's what we're we're going to get next generation round. Well, so it's funny though, I watched, uh, while I was working, I just put it on in the background, Digital Foundry's kind of reaction videos to a few things, including the PlayStation 5 announcement. And they were kind of on the fly analyzing the resolutions as they were watching it, the frame rates. Although again, it's like a trailer half the time. So there's not too much you can draw from that but they were able to the the most interesting thing i found was their analysis of the ray tracing in those trailers uh and which ones they thought were partially real time and they said yeah this is pretty easily in these trailers doing ray tracing substantially better than a 2080 ti can so just right there right and 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 what's in the play and again it's you know everyone got two years ago and i said I think the consoles will be around a 2080 Ti. They will have fast SSDs and they will have eight core Zens or whatever the newest Zen architecture is. Everyone called me an idiot because that would cost two grand. And I'm like, give it two years, guys. <laughs> and yeah, we, we were on the same page. We were, yeah. I was, I, yeah, it's going to be 20 set, 2080 Super or 2080 Ti level performance. Which, relatively speaking, the difference on a console is like, you know, this is yeah. something that lasts yeah. for like five years. So, and what you got to understand is the consolation prize is there will be a 6700 XT, probably a version of the PS5, 
probably for $400 if I had to guess. And so there you go, guys. You know, that, yeah. that, that is the consolation prize. And as far as we can tell, even AMDs is probably going to do RT as well as a 2080 Ti for 400 bucks. I mean, their top card may not beat the top Ampere, but it's just, I don't know. I don't think we're going to be at the point where we have global illumination on every game. Like Ca- Cameron Alexander says he wants that here. He wrote in as well. But it's like, I think we're going to get some early indie games that might actually do it. Honestly, yeah, a couple. I think, I think this is the generation where GPUs are good enough to do global illumination mm-hmm. in decent like in decent games. But it, you'll probably have to pay for it. Like you, like this was still where you might have to buy like an 80 class card to get that kind of level of, of ray tracing performance. Whereas you're stepping down to ha- selecting features, you'll have a slider. Like, do you know what I mean? Like the way like we, we do now, but instead of sli- sliding the amount of rays you're doing in, in just reflections, you might be turning off or you might have like check. Yeah, you could literally just know? have a slider though, if you wanted to, yeah. that would be probably the yeah. easiest way. And then they could also just yeah. have recommendations like, Hey, you've got a Turing card. So it's got to be on ultra low. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, even a 2080 Ti, you got to put it on ultra low. Yeah, your $1,200 graphics card is now shit. Well, yeah, and, and this is an advantage where, like, Alex T-Punk writes in and kind of asks what the difference will probably be. I think we've already kind of given our opinion on where we see it falling, but one advantage that consoles have as well is, like, unfortunately, until we are fully doing global illuminated ray tracing as the standard, I really think that the consoles will have a what do I want to say? Like a programming to the metal advantage with ray tracing because they can just make sure oh, only ray trace that type of object, only that type of object in this scene. Mm-hmm. And they can make sure it's only the stuff you'll notice. Whereas on PC, you need a lot more ray tracing brute force because devs don't want to have to go in and do that for every single series, architecture and graphics card. And that's where the consoles, it's like, well, no, they can do that. There's two consoles and they can just sit there and say, this one can handle this type of ray tracing well and blah, blah, blah. You know, that's where the slider comes in as well, really, isn't mm-hmm. it? Where, where devs can sit there and take it out of your hands rather than having boxes that you tick. Devs will be like, okay, right, you should be able to put it on whatever slider you want. And we know it'll work on maybe, let's say, a 6700 XT and a twenty, a 3060 Super or 3060 or whatever it is. You know? I guess let me say this too, then. Let's get into, like, what, what did you think of how the PS5 looked? I'm just curious what you think. <laughs> Um, I love the Seto Kaiba. I'm I'm big into the Seto Kaiba. I think it looks better than I'm I'm gonna go with against the grain on this one. I think it looks better than a lot of people think the Xbox looks better. I think it looks better. I think it I don't like white because mm. I have a two year old daughter and smudgy hands. You know, you ever see white plastic like oh, yeah. if you had a white phone, you put it in your denim pocket and it just picks up those blue stains and you can never get them off. Um, yeah, but um, I think it looks really cool. I think a black one would be really, really cool. I think they're going to do black, so that'll be awesome. I've seen a lot of people say that too, that they just want a black one, which I think there was a rumor they're going to have a special, ed- few special editions at launch anyways. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. I really don't know what to say about how the uh, PS5 looks just because if you ask my opinion, I don't care that much how these consoles look if you really boil <laughs> it down. I've never looked at I mean, I think the later gen Xbox ones look really cool, the compact ones. And I think the launch PS4 looked really cool. But outside of that, like almost any console you show me it, I'm like, I don't know, it looks fine. And I think Sony intentionally went with, well, clearly, right? I'm sure they thought about it, went with a divisive design to make people talk about it. I honestly think that was their plan. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, this is, I think this is why all companies do this is to make you talk about it. Like if you look at the the 1080, everybody hated that design when it leaked. You look at the, mm. the leak designs for the 3080, everybody's hating those as well. But they're all talking about it. That's all they're doing is talking about it. it makes you wonder: was it really a leak, or was it was it intentionally leaked? And then you look at the console, and the memes were everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Like, and the same with the Xbox. The mm-hmm. memes, oh, it just looks like a con- it looks looks like a PC. It just looks like a PC, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's it's amazing. I I think it's amazingly big. Like, it I is huge. It be that big? No, it's even yeah. bigger than I. I thought it would be bigger. <laughs> I yeah, I, it's not. Right, it's not as big as some people would make out. It's still smaller than almost any PC, but there's no way around it. It's at least twenty percent bigger than I thought. I thought it'd be their biggest console yeah. ever, but I didn't think it'd be quite that big. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's big, and it's it's. I think it's beautiful, and I think it's gonna bring. Oh, you said beautiful. You're now a Sony pony officially to the yeah. people listening. <laughs> yeah, well, I will probably be one of those ones that buys the Xbox. To be honest, I just bought for the controller, so that's just. The only reason why I prefer Xbox is the controller. I like the off. So would Sony please just give us the choice? Mm. Put off, off access. I'm pretty uh, sure there's uh, custom ones you can get right now. I actually like yeah, the, yeah. Uh, I don't know what you call it, horizontal, same plane, not. I like the non-offset one more, actually. So that's, that's why, is they probably focus test this, and it's like some people like that, some people don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. But for me, that's just the way I like the whole mic, and I like the chunkier controller. I think they're going chunkier this time around. So I don't know. Maybe I have to hold the controller and decide for myself. But yeah, I think maybe I'll probably get an Xbox this time around. Um, I, I like if you want to know my console history, it was like uh, PlayStation, PlayStation, Xbox, Xbox. Mm-hmm. So I don't have any like PS One, PS Two, Xbox, Three Sixty. Um, Xbox. This is interesting. So now they can paint you as uh, as either an Xbox fanboy or a PlayStation fanboy. But, <laughs> yeah, they can go to. Oh, you see how hard that, that was, yeah. though. Fanboys listening. He said a bunch of good things about the PS5, and then said he's getting an Xbox. It's not hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, uh, yeah. I think another thing I want to touch on about the consoles is just that when people look at how impressive Ampere, and again, we're assuming RDNA two will be. I really, really think the consoles are going to cost less than people think. Like, I, I can't get over it. I keep redoing my estimated bill materials. And what I come to the conclusion of is unless there's some, unless they're like bundling in a ton of crap, which they might with one version, it almost look like. Um, like, I really think both consoles can be below 500 bucks. I, re- I really, really do. And, you know, the digital and non-digital announcement Sony made is, I, I'm also like, 75% sure Sony will refuse to say the price until Xbox does, actually. Well, you see, I'm on the other side of the fence. I think they're going to be more expensive. I don't think they're going to be ludicrous. I've heard ludicrous numbers, right? I think 600 for one and maybe 650 for the other one. That's what I think. Um, because I think that, right, 700 quid in 2006 or whatever, when the consoles was six, was, was 700 quid. It was a lot of money. But nowadays, seven hundred. Well, there's inflation. Yeah, current economic climate, maybe it is. I think there'll be more than last gen. I do think that. Yeah. So, and what I say is, the digital edition can be sold for a lot less because that means you're tied into somebody's ecosystem. You have to buy it from them. They're always more expensive. They never discount games. 
Well, they do, actually. See, that's another thing I have to push back on is I don't think PC games are cheaper that much anymore. And that's just consistently true. So it's like, uh, no, I don't think they're going to overcharge you. I just like, again, so my, an example, right? I got what there were two examples recently. There was the zombie army for me and some friends got, and, and, you know, when we're just drinking, playing, on the couch. We don't really care what system we're gaming on. So we were like, well, which one's cheaper? And there was a Steam sale going on. And then there was, you know, I don't know, some PlayStation spring sale like a few months ago or whatever. And what they had is Zombie Army 4 was like $10 cheaper on the PlayStation. And in fact, Mm -hmm. Far Cry New Dawn also was $16 on their recent sale. And then the Ubisoft store a week later has a sale and I'm like, ah, I bet it's going to be cheaper there. Nope, same price on Ubisoft's mm. own store. So I just don't think that argument. And again, since and for the people well, who I'm not making the argument that you think I'm making. Oh, okay. What I'm making is, no, I'm just is, saying that also again. Just but go on. Yeah, yeah. What I what I the argument I'm making is that um, if you have a drive, you can. We have a shop. We have a shop here called uh, CEX. I don't know whether you have something similar in in the US. Probably GameStop, realistically. But we have CEX, which for now until it goes out of business. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we have all, it sells all of your consumer electronics secondhand. So the way it works is like, oh, yeah. you can go in with your phone, you go, uh, how much will you give me for this? They might give you store credit of maybe 300 bucks for your phone, or they might give you, you know, cash for maybe 250 and then they resell it. But they also do games and they've hundreds and thousands of games in there. And like a year, two years after Diablo was launched, for console, Diablo 2 is launched for console. We were having a games night and I just misplaced my copy of Diablo. Mm. We were going to play Diablo. And it was for uh, Xbox 360, I think it was. And I went in and bought the, the full edition, whatever it was, for like five quid. And you just go in, because the second hand, you go and you pop it in, yeah. you play it and you solid. So I think that that, that flexibility will be lost by the digital edition, which oh, yeah. helps you into paying, paying because they'll always be more expensive. Ah, no, no, and I entirely much. agree with that, too. You know, yeah. I recently got, I say recently, it was probably six months ago now, uh, got Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, and this is an example I use. Uh, it was new from Amazon um, for the PS4 Blu-ray, seven bucks. free shipping and i'm just like "Mm, i'm keeping that disc drive if i get one anytime soon (laughs) like that because it doesn't even need to be a used game although that is a big deal it's like the fact that they'll buy up a bunch of stock if the game stops selling well there has to be a sale there's not going to be this arbitrarily raised price i guess unless it's a nintendo game because they insist on keeping their prices high but um yeah so i don't know though i mean here's what it comes down to though i'm not saying that I just think that with this being in a recession right now, and again, I'm telling you, I think I think both consoles cost under $480 to make. And if they cost mm. under that much to make, I see no reason why they would sell it for too much unless there's no competition. And there's definitely competition this gen. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I could see it going... And I'm just, this is just my spiel. Again, I'm not confirming this or saying I have an inside source. This is my opinion that Sony will not say the price until Xbox says their price. And that's because they're willing to go crazy low with the digital version, I think, if they need to. Yeah. 
I think they want to put the disk version at 500 or honestly, I think they want to give it like a 1.6 terabyte drive and bundle in a controller charger and sell for 550. I actually think that's what they want to do with the disk drive. But they've got all of these kind of like Ampere's announcement, right? Uh, I'm sorry, Turing's announcement. They've got all of these different strategies probably pre-planned for pricing and they're just waiting to hear the competition, which is why I would say Xbox, you should sell it as cheap as you can. What I would say is that I think that we've already seen the low bar for the Xbox One uh, X, which is like 300 quid now. They dropped the One X to 300 quid. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's 300 quid. And now Microsoft and Sony are doing doing an expensive version and a cheap version, right? Mm-hmm. Both of them, turns out they're doing Maybe. That, so that, that to me just says prices are going to be a little bit higher than people think they are. That not, I'm not going with the ludicrous numbers like... Well, if Xbox sells it for six hundred, and there was a rumor that Xbox was considering six hundred dollars, then I think Sony says, "Fine, ours is six hundred too, with one point six terabytes, and then the digital version's five hundred. I really do think it depends, right? I think that's where they're like, they. I agree with you that they want to sell it for more than before. Yeah, (laughs) but they're just like, we can't, and that's something people don't like. Sony can't afford to lose, frankly. Like, like since they're restructuring, they've closed half of their businesses. It's like. Just PlayStation now for like 40% of the revenue, I believe, or even it might even be almost half, honestly, is PlayStation or PlayStation related. So it's almost like a Nintendo situation where Sony knows they have to nail it or their company's in major trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I think they do. And I think that for me, I, I think that you can't underestimate the value you're getting, even if you, even if they are sure. 700 quid. I think that's worth it. Genuinely, I do. Because the amount of, like, you're not going to build a PC for 700 quid. Last generation, you could build a 500 quid PC and it would perform like the console that you paid 500 quid for. This generation around, you're never going to... Well, near the end of the gen, you could. Near the end of the gen. The beginning, it's like, mm, you're not building a (laughs) PS4 for 400 bucks. You could get it in and around. like Like, there was i3s with, like... 950s or you, something. In my opinion, you could build one because I remember doing that too for like 550. That would have been around yeah. the performance of a PlayStation, but it doesn't have a Blu-ray drive. It doesn't come with a controller. It doesn't come with, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still... It was much closer than good. now, though, I agree. Yeah, now it's going to be like a thousand quid gets you similar performance. Like, you're not going to get a Ryzen 3700X 16 gigabytes of RAM, an SSD, an NVMe SSD, a terabyte NVMe SSD, and a 5700 XT, and a 500 watt power supply, and a decent case. You're just not going to get all that for under a thousand quid. Well, yeah, and that's also assuming that it actually is a full Zen 2 derived processor, which there's, mm. I'll just drop that hint that they, they, it, it might be a unified CCX as well, by the way. So, mm-hmm. um, which, although, no although if it is, it's like, I don't know. And, and both of the consoles have their own kind of like later than RDNA 2 derived parts of the graphics card as well, is what it sounds mm-hmm. like. So, it's very yeah. hard to say. I, I really think what you're going to see is a lot of like cross platform PC games kind of run like they do on PC on the consoles, but there's going to be this game here or there where it just runs outrageously better. Like I think Digital Foundry came to the mostly came to the consensus of that Horizon footage they showed is probably actually what it's going to look like. Like when you saw those crabs walking on the fish, uh, that's what it's going to look like, guys. (laughs) Unfortunately, I will also get this in too. I I am concerned how many games may still be 30 frames per second on console. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm worried that, like, for me, uh, from the start, I've been like, 10 teraflops is not a big deal compared to 12 teraflops, mm-hmm. right? And now I'm like, is it the limitation not because of the GPU's performance and standard rasterized performance? So in other words, 10 teraflops is fine mm-hmm. in terms of rendering a game the way we've always I mean, for both consoles, to, to be clear, though, because they, yeah. you know, they announced yeah. Assassin's Creed Valhalla's 30 frames. And I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but maybe like that's because, you know... <laughs> Uh, They'll run on 30 frames on PC anyways, maybe, because it's a Ubisoft game. (laughs) That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I just just think that now I'm starting to feel like the Xbox is going to be ray traced better. It's just going to do ray tracing better. That's what I I feel. And I don't want that to be the case because I want to choose a console when they launch. I don't want to be, I want to be ham-fisted by limited performance oh i don't think either will be either way yeah yeah that's how that's how i initially felt Mm -hmm. i'm seeing 30 frames per second 4k and i'm seeing another one maybe maybe doing i've I've heard some things maybe some of the releases that are 30 frames per second on one console or dynamically switching resolutions is going to be 60 frames per second locked on the other one i don't want that to happen Mm. yeah i mean I wouldn't place that many bets on it. I really think games are just going to kind of both look good and just a little different on both. That's honestly yeah. what I think because they, I mean, especially when I heard they probably have different geometry engines. It's like, well, then one just might be better at streaming in assets and showing more polygons. And one might just have a slightly higher resolution sometimes. But that's the thing is I think they're both going to do dynamic resolution. I think that's just common sense that most people playing on a TV, especially, you know, if you're sitting 10 feet away, why would you lock it to 4K to like, I guess for console fanboys to argue online that one's locked and one's not. But I would imagine you'd probably want them both to have dynamic resolutions bouncing somewhere between 1600p and what is it? uh, 2160p. Yeah, I think there also is a case for direct ML. We don't know how good it is, mm. but that's definitely going to be on on the, the Xbox. It's probably not going to be on the PS5. PS5. So mm, I wouldn't be uh, so sure of that. I'm not sure either, but I, you know, it's definitely going to be on the Xbox. That's what we can say, and that might be very good for keeping 60 frames per second locked at 4K. But, but again, and yet they announced Assassin's Creed at 30. So I, know, th- look, I completely agree with you. <laughs> so this is like, what bothers me is I'm like, ah, man, can these, I really think what my hope is that what happens is, and I want to be honest, like, you know, when I played Horizon, I actually played that one on a base PS4. And when I played Death Stranding, that was the smoothest 30 frames I've ever seen. So I want to be clear that I think some games, if they can have really good motion blur and nail the frame pacing, look fine at 30 frames, as long as it's not like a, a fast-paced first-person shooter online, then it's kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But I really think you're still going to have some third-party devs that aren't getting with the program and have this ridiculous frame rates. And then you're just going to have some that come out with like Cyberpunk, and it's just going to be 60 frames locked. And people yeah. will say, hey, Ubisoft, why do you suck? And it, and it might affect their sales. And I'm, I'm really yeah. just hoping as we get into the middle of the generation, people, the de- developers will just realize that people want 60 and it's worth turning down some of the settings to at least get it close to a a consistent 60 frames yeah or or here's here's a wild idea right for your competitive shooters maybe give people the options yeah you know 
to to do it themselves. Just just a a crazy thought, but you can do it on PC. Why not be able to do it on 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 console? Also, my my my. I heard, and I don't know whether it's true, and I've said this before, that Xbox will support keyboard and mouse from the start. Mm. So that's a big. A well, big did you know that well? <laughs> Zombie Army Four also does? I didn't even know. I just oh, saw I it. I saw it in the menu, and it and it, and it <laughs> said mouse and keyboard, and I was like, "You're kidding me!" And I just picked up a yeah. mouse and keyboard and plugged it into the PS4. Worked fine, exactly like on PC. So I'm like, it's just <laughs> you know, the developers just got to get with the program. I'm just going to say it again. Yeah. Like yeah. they're already doing it. Just do it, and you develop the game. I'm sure it has in the code mouse and keyboard support somewhere for when you were testing the game. Just Give us mouse and keyboard support on both consoles. It's again, it's like, what is so hard, you guys? Yeah, yeah, and I, I know the reason why they don't do it is because they don't want people with mouse and keyboard playing with people with controllers in in competitive first person shooters. Well, there's already options out there. We've seen with cross platform, you're only like you know with certain games, you're only allowed to go in. Or even on you know on Android devices, you see people <laughs> use controllers. Yeah, that's them, ridiculous. You know? And and but they don't allow the controller people to play with the with the people who are using touch. Sure, games. just do that. That's all you do, and there's no problem. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's no problem. And I think it just... Well, in most games, it choice. probably doesn't make a difference anyways, right? Like, a lot of games yeah. are single-player or co-op. And, I, I mean, frankly, I still use controller uh, for plenty of multiplayer games, even on PC. Although I will say, mm-hmm. playing Far Cry with controller, now I remember why I always use a keyboard and mouse with <laughs> Far Cry. There's something about their controller controls where it's, like, so hard to hit something with a controller in Far Cry. But then I, w- I was playing Titanfall 2... And just like Battlefield, they let you adjust every little thing on the sticks from outer dead zone, inner dead zone, acceleration. You can get it pretty damn accurate. So it's not as much of a disadvantage, I think, for most people as people would think. You just got to make devs stop like putting these incredibly sluggish analog stick controls into some of their games where it just, mm. it just feels terrible, honestly, some games. Yeah, like I was a big, a big Diablo player, and I was also, I'm also a massive Mortal Kombat fan, a massive uh, Soul Calibur fan, and for those games, using controller was a, like, especially for uh, Diablo, like we, it's always mm. with mouse and keyboard. That was a breath of fresh air to play that with a controller. It was so good. It was like something that you, and you sit down with your with your four mates, and you're all playing on the same screen, mm-hmm. and you know you're drinking a few beers, having a chat while you're playing it. It's just so, such a breath of fresh air to be able to do that there are reasons to want to play with a controller and to be honest if i had an xbox and it had mouse and keyboard support and a controller support i'd probably be using the <laughs> time anyway yeah but i just want the option <laughs> you know well i think we've covered most things let's just rapid fire a few reader mails here before we close up shop um jake martin writes in he says do you guys think the new gpu architectures will actually start utilizing pci 4.0 speeds or will it still not matter uh what do you think no but caveat to be continued right i I think it's almost for me the way i answer that is they do i mean right now if you benchmark the 5700 xt in some of the newest games in some settings it's like two percent better so Mm -hmm. i would i would make the pedantic argument that it already does um and that a lot of it comes down to how you it is about are you using it correctly because i remember when the 7970 came out that had 3.0 support no game took advantage of it but then i remember specifically rise uh, what is it that when they ported Rise 
something roam from the Xbox to PC. They Rise, fall of ROM or something, was it? Yeah, I think that was what it was. And, and it was like some insane performance drop off at like older PCIe gens. And it's like, oh, well, you know, we did some tricks with the PCIe bandwidth because the consoles have 3.0. And, you know, I think that's one of those things where it will matter in some games, actually. And I do think the next gen cards could be, I mean, so much stronger than what we have now. So again, but is it going to be like a thing where you're in 4K and it like you lose all, like probably not. It, but I think there's a situation where in 1080p, Oh, now it's a 10% difference in some ga- in like one out of 10 games. You know, I don't know. Mm. Uh, Lebo yeah. King Kilo writes in and he says, um, let me see here. In regards to VRAM, if you can cache more assets in your DDR4 or DDR5, bippity boppity, you'll just get a Polygon Booster performance boost that the systems aren't getting right now as far as I... Oh, that, apparently he's saying that's what I said. So he says, I just want to make sure I'm hear- not hearing you wrong. Are you saying that is the direct method of comparison between high-end PCs eventually and how the consoles will run games? And what does this mean for 2700X and Navi 1 with a Sabre and SSD? Well, I mean, I think that is. I think my answer is yes. That's how the, And isn't that how the, they've always made up for it? That's how they made up for it with the PS360, which had so little RAM. But then they're like, well, we can just have a ton of, uh, we can have a ton of RAM in our PCs and cache more data. Yeah, I think that's like it's it's pretty much what we said before is how are they going to catch up with the is is they just have more RAM. And what does this mean? Again, I think it's like people freak out when I hear when they'll maybe they heard me say Sony says that 32 gigabytes in a fast SSD still has performance problems. It's like, yeah, but that game's not out now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you guys got to understand that's like two years from now. And by then all of this stuff will be what X6, X770 motherboards with Zen four, who knows what you'll be able to buy. That's why it's exactly, like, yeah. that's why it's like, well, I don't rush out and like, Oh, so I need to get a thread ripper now. No. <laughs> what no. game is using it right now? Yeah, exactly. 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 It's like, the game is being optimized for console right now. Yeah, nobody's even tried to touch it and put it near, or yeah. realistically, properly put it near a PC yet. So, chill out, relax. It will happen. Like I think everybody's like, "Oh, what if I can't get my games? What if my precious new PC is now made redundant by this console that costs seven hundred quid?" You're gonna be fine in the most part. I think you just won't be able to play Spider Man and Ratchet and Clank. But you already, I mean, you're yeah, already, you're already <laughs> can't. So. <laughs> And it's like, oh, but then what does that mean for a third-party game? And it's like, it, it means you'll have a 20 teraflop card probably to make up for the fact that they're streaming in assets. That, that's yeah, what that means. Yeah. But that, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't think, in, I mean, NVIDIA had to decide, are we going to go all out or are we going to have higher volume and a quicker launch that's cheaper? And it's like, well, we'd rather keep our profit margins. But that's still, mm-hmm. you know, because once you lower prices, maybe you can never get back to there for a while. But uh, it's still going to be like, I mean, look how strong Ampere looks, guys. Uh, uh, Iden writes in and he says, what do you think awaits us in the next generation of gaming, particularly in games like Battlefield? Can we expect more destruction, bigger maps, and more players? I think yes. Yes. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> easy. That yes, in everything. Yeah. <laughs> more ray tracing. Yeah. Well, also consider Mag on PS3 had 256 players. So, so it's like, I mean, and it worked when they put together this complex squad system, but it's like, I don't think they're just going to take Battlefield and make it 256 players. I wouldn't be surprised if they increased player counts a little bit, actually. 
But I don't think it's that simple of just more. I think, again, like when you look at Rashton and Clank and the fact that they were literally pulling in other levels instantly in front of you. It's like, well, yeah. now there's... And I also actually just, it's funny at that PlayStation reveal. It's like, how many games were there that involved instantly respawning and dying and like portals? It seemed like half yeah. of them just because now devs can actually do that. Yeah, imagine instantly instantly respawning, running through portals, being on other other worlds. Uh, imagine a game like Battle Battle. Remember Planetside? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine that where it's intergalactic and you can run for different planets, and you know, there's no loading. You're just actually yeah, going there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Does does you can you, like or like imagine a space combat where mm. you're in like in a. A, a fighter and you're fighting and then all of a sudden you're you're down on the planet and you're landing and you're getting out and there's a full world loaded in front an actual it's, full world right yeah 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 exactly like this it's just yeah limitless possibilities i remember that was rumored for battlefield uh battlefront 3 remember but then they yeah. shoehorned it into a psp version of battlefront <laughs> and they were like it's because yeah. everyone wanted it and it's like really all you could do is there was one spaceship and then there was a bunch of clouds and then there was one city that was tiny it's like that's not mm-hmm. really loading into a planet you just kind of made a map look like you were in outer space in one yeah. part <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah imagine an entire halo game where you don't have like that's the, the easiest way to conceptualize it mm-hmm. imagine halo 3 or whatever your favorite Halo game is, where you can go anywhere mm. at any time with no loading, where you can literally jump out of the ship and you end up because everything has a place in the world. Well, and yeah. I was just playing Titanfall 2, and it's actually got, it's by the way, I just started it. I know I'm late to the party on that. That's a fantastic game. <laughs> I'm only in like the first like 10%, but like it's funny. Um, like it's a pretty open section and then it's like all right let's go down this corridor and then we did and then it just started loading and i'm like oh see that's the thing they're gonna get rid of it was such a weird abrupt loading screen and i'm like we really needed a screen even though i'm in a hallway okay that's you know (laughs) well bootman writes in and he says those favorite games i play are usually older games i go back to them still over most of the new ones games are better graphics every year for the most part but i prefer better gameplay over eye candy how do you guys see it great gameplay or eye candy and don't go with balanced is good shit pick a side and argue (laughs) well i'm not probably going to argue but like how would you answer that question i take gameplay over eye candy any day of the week however i have gone back to different games in the past that i remembered as good (laughs) and uh can't play them anymore because they look so shit. So sometimes the yeah, gameplay doesn't hold up either. By the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got splinters in my arse. I think on this one, I'm sitting on the fence. Uh, <laughs> maybe we need to take, pick a side. But yeah, no, I take gameplay over over visuals any day of the week. Yeah, what 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 I say always is I, and this is another one where he, they might not like my answer. Is I reject the premise of the question, like the idea that you're choosing <laughs> one. It does. That's never really made sense to me like because when i hear people go for example oh minecraft has bad graphics but its gameplay is good as i'm like i don't think it has bad graphics i think it looks incredibly good when the sun rises even the non-ray trace version it's like that's just how that game's supposed to look you know trying to make the most realistic game isn't the best graphics it's just what are you like like a good example also is like if you look at like the ps360 generation we have these games like mass effect and then like the last of us like you'd say well you could technically make the last of us on ps2 
No, you couldn't, because you're not getting those facial expressions across <laughs> on a PS2. Yeah. And that is part of the gameplay, even outside of cutscenes, is seeing their faces as they dart their eyes. Like, and, and, and I just don't... I mean, for me, the, the simple answer is, if a game plays well, that's what I look for. I don't look for... Like, I, I started to get annoyed more and more when Call of Duty just turned into these, like, almost interactive cutscenes, I swear, where it's like... It didn't even feel like the explosions were happening because they were scripted. And I always thought Battlefield was more impressive because when you play online and a a building, a helicopter crashes into a building, that that actually just happened in front of me. Yeah, yeah. There's a dude in that helicopter. (laughs) But is that, but right, is that graphics though? Or is that gameplay? Because I would argue that was actually gameplay. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, I think um, on a visual side of things, I think uh, visuals should fit the theme of the game like if you look at cell shaded games and stuff they all look amazing as well they all look really good mm-hmm. but i think as long as i feel like i'm in the world as long as i feel like like there's nothing so absurd like skyrim was beautiful but the bugs in that game were so hilarious yeah that you're ripped right out of the world do you know mm-hmm. what i mean to like this is i'm not a, I, as long as you feel immersed in the world i think i like my f- favorite game of all time is halo reach mm-hmm. you know that game Look at it today. It doesn't look amazing. It still looks decent, but the gameplay and all of the, the things you could do in the game, plus it looked good enough, I think was 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 what made that game brilliant. Well, yeah, Bungie's a, a studio that's always been really good. And I would actually say Naughty Dog is another good example as well, mm. where they know what to do with the graphics to not go overly for realism. Like, I think Gorilla is the best probably at making the most realistic looking graphics. Having said that, on the PS2, Killzone 1 did not age well in how it looked. It looked good at the time, but it certainly didn't age well because it was that old, frankly, just that old last-gen console look, you know, like especially games on N64 that tried to have realistic graphics. Oh my God, have those not aged well? But, you know, and then you look at something like, if you look at Uncharted between PS3 and PS4, they made Drake less cartoony as the games went because they were able to, but they knew if they made him overly realistic early, it wouldn't age well. And I think like Bungie's very clearly been very good at that too, where they're like, we're going to make it look realistic enough, but if we're going to make, you know, we're going to look mass, make Master Chief look a little cartoony in the first one, because if we try to make them hyper-realistic, it's just you know, and so, you know, realistic, good, and uh, the right graphics for the game are all different questions. Uh, and again, I so to bring it full circle, I reject the premise that it's graphics versus <laughs> gameplay. All of it influences how you feel when you're playing the game. And if they screw up, well, if they screwed up, it's not that the graphics were bad, it's that they ruined the gameplay with how they made the graphics look. My opening statement on that question, I think I said exactly the same thing that you said, which is that I would always say that it has to be a good game first, but then... Yeah, I've gone back and played uh, games that I thought were good, and I couldn't, I couldn't take it anymore. Like, just couldn't <laughs> take the way it looked. Yeah. So, well, I, that's all of the reader mails. I think that's all of the subjects. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is there is there anything else you wanted to talk about? This is actually during technically my lunch break, so <laughs> I mm, I got yeah. about five minutes. Yeah, there were two topics that I wanted to maybe mention on this. So we've talked about really everything. So. Yeah, and and I'm glad again, you know, I'm glad we had this because it's like I'm, you know, I'm not ready to get some quantum <laughs> engineer guy in here right now. I'm just frankly was exhausted this weekend, and I'm like, yeah. I think I still just want to talk about all of these rumors coming out with someone else. And uh, you 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 were the first one that came to mind, especially when I realized it's been a pandemic since we talked, 
And so yeah, now we've survived the apocalypse <laughs> for now. Um, yeah, yeah, it's still alive. Yeah. We'll see if yeah. we, you know, we'll wait for World War Three to happen or something and then do another one. Uh, probably. Suppose, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> something something catastrophic will have to happen. Uh, you know, Trump will get reelected or something like that. So, ooh, careful! You're getting into <laughs> politics, and now people are going to freak out. But remember, yeah, remember, remember, I'm a European lefty. That's the way we roll. So, yeah. <laughs> well, again, you know, <laughs> I just lefties. just because, and and you know, a lot of this was casual conversation and speculation. But it's like you don't have to agree with um anything <laughs> he said. <laughs> We're just trying to make you. We're just trying to think, 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 yeah, not, exactly. and it's not yeah, about making it. you think. It's like, well, we're making each other think. And for some reason, you guys seem to find us entertaining. So hopefully you were entertained this time. But I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's nighttime for you. So I guess uh, have a good evening. The following podcast was brought to you by the YouTube channel and website Moore's Law is Dead. Moore's Law is Dead and Broken Silicon are trademarks of their creator, Tom. That guy is me, and I am indeed the creator, editor, writer, and showrunner of Moore's Law's Dead podcast, videos, articles, and other media. However, Moore's Law's Dead is a team with Broken Silicon co-hosted by my brother, Dan, audio editing by Gerard Cortez, and select technical editing by Carbon Cry. You can find all of our information, including how to get a hold of us, at www.moreslawsdead.com. And if you are a fan and would like to send mail or other hardware, please mail parcels to Moore's Laws Dead, P.O. Box 10468, Peoria, Illinois, 61612. And speaking of fans, without exaggeration, the patrons are solely responsible for the continued distribution of the content you just listened to. And so if you have some extra money, but only if you do, please consider supporting us. For just $2 a month, you get access to the exclusive podcast, Die Shrink, voting on subjects of future podcast episodes, the ability to have your questions read aloud on Broken Silicon, Die Shrink, and Loose Ends, and of course, the Moore's Law is Dead Discord, full of like-minded people who would love to meet you. I am one of them. The Discord is only at $1, and at higher tiers, you get access to ad-free episodes of Broken Silicon, the back catalog of Flyover States podcast, thanks in the credits of videos and podcasts and other perks as well. And if you cannot afford to support us, please just share Moore's Laws Dead videos and podcasts with friends and family on social media and Reddit. And give Broken Silicon and Flyover States a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. All of this really does help so much more than I think anyone realizes. If you'd like to advertise on the podcast or a person of interest who would like to be a guest, please reach out to the email address mlhbdead at gmail.com. But as I said, this podcast would not be possible without its fans supporting it. And so now it is time to give a personal thanks to the greatest of the fans. The following supporters are at the 10 gigahertz or higher producer levels. Bootman, Carbon Cry, Dean, Benny Berlin, Justin Yacht, Thomas Rupp, I Love You, Lennon, Jim, Bollocks, Jordan Betcher, Muhammad Al-Kawari, Frederick Lau, James Krasta, Justin Parrish, Zachary Martin, Terrence Herod, Brad Medlin, Phil S., Thyrister, The Ninth Dude, Greg Renegar, John Bible, Chrysantine, Night Rogue 77, The Mechanical Philosopher, Lebo Kinkilo, Fatboy Diesel, Daniel Hyde, Matthew McMullen, Christoph Novak, Neil X01, Matt Salem, Aaron Close, Sexy, B.I. Pass, Sadler Sadler, Richter Gohagon, Alethros, Telos, Caden Picknow, Greg T. Wanchek, Jacob Barber, Axo Tiwani, Care Bear, Matthew Lane, Paul Jones, Jan Rauner, Rubber Ducks, Drita Full, Allie Robertson, Hardforum.com, Jonathan, Job, Evan Dingle, Nick Neasy, Dominic Dewart, Harold P. Bureau, Wayne, Sam MacArthur, Total Silo, TSPCFS, Michael Costa, Andrew S., Blake, Aaron Keith, AJ Klein, Endless Loggins, Hector Santana, Justice Brennan, Archon971, Trevor Powers, Garrick Scholl, Alinya, Joshua Stavnis, Daniel Nishball, 
Franco Frederick, Hardware Numbers, and Alex Carastillo. And thank you to Sahara for the music. 